Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is PlushCare. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hello. How are you? I'm okay, how are you? Well, you know I'm okay, I know you're okay. We saw each other yesterday. We did, for the first time in a long time. It, it was the longest we've ever gone uh, without seeing each other, and um, it was it was very emotional. I obviously didn't hug you, not just for drifterish reasons, but for social distancing and all that. But I think, are, are we officially now uh, part of each other's bubble? I guess so, yeah. You in my bubble. Official. Yeah. When when you talk about people and we talk about social bubbles here, um, which is the, the the way they're describing these things here in the UK. I don't know if it's the same if you listen to this somewhere else in the world, but you know, it's 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 basically the people from another household you can spend time with, which actually technically isn't quite what we did because we met each other outdoors in a public place, which is a, a whole other thing. But mm. that aside, um when when you think of somebody being in your bubble, do you think of one of those bubbles you use for zorbing? Exactly. Exactly Me that. Too. Yeah, I can't Me help too. myself. And we're actually in a big bubble. Yeah. Yes. So it was quite disappointing yesterday when I just met you and we went for a walk in a cemetery. And there was no bubble, I know. But no I got to bubble. see the cemetery, which was great. Yeah. yeah. Um I also think when I think of those bubbles, think of flaming lips concerts. Oh, lovely. Yes. Yeah. That's what he used to do. The fella from Flaming Lips used to be inside one of those bubbles and he used to go mm. over the heads of the audience. And in fact, I think somewhat recently during all this for one of the American late night talk shows, they did a concert with all the audience in their own bubbles and, and they were in oh, bubbles. Amazing. Although it did bring back painful memories of me at that Flaming Lips concert back in 2005 or whenever it was. Oh, yeah, this is a this is ringing a bell. Is it something to do with the dog costume? Yes, yes, it is. Yeah, yeah. So I, I used to really love going to see the Flaming Lips live, not least because uh, it, it was always this joyous experience. Like uh, we mentioned, he was in a zorbing bubble, and they'd set off confetti cannons, and it would be you know very very celebratory. But and and they would all have all these people dancing on stage with them in mascot costumes and 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 somebody we worked with very kindly arranged as a surprise for me to go inside one of those costumes at a flaming lips con- concert but you know what the the problem with it was 
that I got there and, you know, you had to go at the stage door and say, I'm here to dress in a mascot outfit. And then they, you know, pointed you into a holding chamber with some other people. All the other people were listeners of a rival radio station, which had had a competition to dance on stage with the Flaming Lips. And I was this presenter from this rival radio station there on his own. And it was like they they were a big clique. And and I was on my own. And I didn't help matters when they said, okay, do you want to change, choose your choose your costume? I really sort of pushed ahead and ran ahead of people because I really wanted to be a dog. Did you elbow anybody? Maybe a little bit, yeah. <laughs> but, just, I elbowed them a little bit. Well, I don't, I don't know what I did. I mean, I was, it was in the heat of the moment. I didn't really mm. know what I was doing. I just, you know, I knew I was determined to be in that dog costume, which, which right. I was. And, yeah, if there was... If there were some casualties as a consequence of me you know, making that decision and being so determined, that, that, that may well have, well have happened. But the, the way I remember it unfolding on stage was then they were all dancing together and I was on my own. Oh, don't. They were ostracised by like the yes. other giant Yes, oh. yes. Were you there? Really I can't sad. even remember. No, no, I don't think so. Right, no. yeah, I'd remember, surely. Yeah, no. yeah, yeah. But <laughs> It'd that, be too that... heartbreaking. And I think any time I tried to join in with the other animals, they sort of shied away from me a little bit. Oh, no. And I don't know if that was because I pushed people out of the way to get the dog costume or because they, they knew me not to be one of the the listeners of yeah. Radio Station X. And it was actually Radio Station X, as it happened. You weren't part of their gang. No, I wasn't, no. But I was really, uh, yeah, I'm not a good dancer, but I was really determined and it got very hot in that costume and, you know, every other animal on the stage at some point took a break to go and take the the animal hat off and go and have a drink of water, but I stayed on stage throughout doing my unrhythmic dancing, (laughs) which I was very proud of. Although I was very dehydrated at the end of it and had a stinking headache the next day. Oh. I can't remember if it's to take, to take the day off work. Anyway, um, how did we get onto that? Bubbles. Uh, bubbles, yeah, bubbles. Anyway, it's, it's lovely to see you. It's genuinely uh, lovely to, to see you yesterday. Um, trying to think of anything that's happened to me over the past week, which would count as a drifterish interaction. I'll tell you what, what was great was I was going into my local shop a couple of days ago. And uh, there's uh, a woman, uh, a homeless woman, who's oft- often outside the shop. And, I d- you know, like so many people at the moment, I'm not carrying cash because I'm not using cash. I'm paying for everything with card, mm. contactless. Uh, so I felt awful. I said, I, I'll often sort of have a little chat with her. And I said, I'm so sorry. I don't have any cash on me. And she said, oh, right. Uh, can you get me a, a Kinder Bueno white, please? Oh, okay. And do you know what? I really love the specificity of that. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. She knows what she wants. Yeah. Yeah. Because so often in that situation, I'll I'll feel awful about not having any cash on me and then thinking, oh, shall I buy them something? I don't know what they like. What if I got them a a sandwich with cheese on it and they're a vegan or whatever it is. Mm -hmm. And I really appreciated her asking for something uh, and asking for something, you know, that was very affordable as well. It was not like she asked for a, a large box of fairy non-bio washing capsules. <laughs> I think she that? pitched it just perfectly. I would like a Kinder Bueno white, please. 
what about that homeless lady who, um, and she wasn't homeless, well, she was, she was a big issue seller. And I said, I didn't have the cash for the big issue. So she took me into the Marks and Spencers and pointed out the two for 15 pound whole chickens and made me buy her those. <laughs> yes, I'd forgotten all about that. that. Yeah. yeah, it's great. I really like yeah. that. I, 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 got, it, I got her what she wanted. You know, it's not the homeless person's job to make your life any any less awkward. No, and, and yet no. it do, and yes, this does. Oh, yeah. Sarah, Sarah and I had an awful thing um, sort of a week ago we'd gone out for a walk and there's this park not far from us and in the park is a lovely little cafe um now of course you know you can't go inside any cafes anymore because of the the the, the coronavirus and uh, so so we'd gone and got takeaway coffee and then we'd gone on sat on the grass just opposite the cafe and this homeless lady came up to us asking for money and we were in the same situation again i'm so sorry i've not got any cash and you know she was saying something else and as this is unfolding the young woman who works in the cafe came over and said to this lady mary i think her name was she said that she said mary um if you if you come with me if you don't bother with these people if you come with me um well i'll get you i'll get you a, a cup of tea and something to eat and off they went right yeah. So 30 seconds later, the, the woman working the cafe comes back over to us and she explains, um, we, we have this um, understanding with her that if she doesn't bother people, then we'll always give her a, a drink and food if she needs it. Okay. At which point Sarah and I went, oh, that's great. And at which point we both had the, the thought that, the woman who worked at the cafe thought that we meant, oh, that's a great way of keeping homeless people from bothering us. Oh, no. no. <laughs> so then no, we no, both no, started no, really no, no. sort of over-explaining ourselves, going, oh, no, that's great. That's great that you're looking out for her. Yeah, I mean, things must be really tough for her right now. What a lovely thing to do. I hope she's like really, really sort of over-the-top overcompensating. We love being bothered, though. Don't worry about oh, yeah, us. Yeah, 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 yeah. No Anytime she wants to bother us. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Right, let's hear from our drifters. Uh, how, how is the uh, trickle of correspondence looking, Annabelle? Steady trickle. Steady trickle. Is there anything yep. the drifters ought to be doing to improve the, the flow? Well, if you've got a story, please do send it in. That'd be lovely. Do. Uh, every, every story helps. We enjoy reading them immensely and it's our favourite part of the podcast. So that in mind, who is the first one from? It's from Zar Tony. Zar Tony. I know yes. call him Zarzoni. <laughs> In the late 80s, I was sent to work at a major British international airport. My accommodation was provided by my employer and was a manor house that had previously been a hotel. There are about 75 to 80 of us living there, all young and single. We all had our own ensuite rooms. We paid the nominal rent to cover things like papers, satellite TV and cleaners. And to keep us in order, we had a warden who was always an older staff member who was close to retirement and had been sent there to see out their days. At the time of this event, the warden was a bit of a strange fellow, about six foot four, stick thin and with a huge ginger beard. This was years before beards were a thing and a Mr. Bean type voice. Let's call him Trevor. Often you could walk into Trevor in pitch black corridors of the building at 3am, despite the fact that he didn't actually live on site. 
One evening, my girlfriend and I had enjoyed a nice meal in my room and we were going to try the all-new Aero chocolate mousse for our pud. My girlfriend, we'll call her Gina, also worked at the airport and we were both due in on a 6am start the following day. Being a hilarious guy, I thought it'd be great fun to pop a bit of mousse on the end of Gina's nose. Ha ha, she retaliated. <laughs> ho ho, things quickly quickly escalated. Clothes were removed, mousse was applied, fun was had. We jumped in the shower, got our heads down for our early starts in the morning. Up in the morning and off to our respective work. In the afternoon, I got home with some colleagues and Trevor was waiting for me. Could I have a word, please, Tony? Of course, Trev. In the office, please. I'm confused. It wasn't unusual for me to get into grief, but for once, I couldn't think of anything I'd done. I sat in Trevor's dark, dank office, racking my brain. Tony, are you okay? Yes, Trevor. Have you got any medical conditions that need attending to? (laughs) What? No. The cleaners went into your room this morning. (laughs) Okay. I can see where this is going. (laughs) Thank you. I'm still very confused. Where is this going? (gasps) Tony, we had to incinerate your bedding. (laughs) (laughs) The moose. They think I defecated on the bed. I'm stammering now. Oh, uh, do you need me to pay for them? No, we're just concerned about you. That's very nice of you, but honestly, I'm okay. It definitely won't happen again. I'm really sorry. Are you sure you don't need me to pay? No, said Trevor. As long as you're okay, my door is always open if you need to talk about anything. (laughs) Thank you. And I'm off. What possessed me? Why on earth would I think that him thinking that I'd mess myself was better than telling him that I'd indulged in some food-related slap and tickle with another (laughs) consenting adult? I lived there for two more years with Trevor as the warden. Neither of us ever mentioned it again. Although at my leaving party, the good luck sign was made from a sheet with the writing in chocolate mousse. So hopefully (laughs) he eventually realised. Oh, that's fantastic. Yeah. This is from Imperial Mistress Rebecca. I used to work in social services. When I was very new to the job, I had to update the database with details of people who had passed away. When you do this, it automatically starts a process of sending letters to next of kin to sort things out, etc. I had a confusing case and wasn't sure what to do. I asked my manager, who is the complete opposite of a drifter, what to do with the case. When I was explaining my query, she just barked over me to enter it as deceased because I was new and because I'm such a drifter. I didn't have the heart to try and re-explain my query, so I just did it. I get a call a couple of days later from a nice young man who asked me why I've written him a letter saying his mum was dead, as his mum was sitting next to him very much alive. I was mortified. (laughs) Thankfully, the guy saw the funny side and I managed to sort the file out correctly. My manager looked at me as if I was an incompetent maniac, (laughs) killing off people willy-nilly with my awful data entry. I have left the boisterous atmosphere of social services and now work happily with the environment team with a bunch of quiet drifters. (laughs) Who'd have thought that social services was a boisterous atmosphere? I know, well, compared to the environment team. Yeah, 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 the environment team sounds lovely. (laughs) Okay, I've got one more for you from Aaron, who says some fresh embarrassment for you. I went to the local park with my son and wife. It is a very big park. Quite a long way away, I saw a child on a Segway. Given not much has been happening in lockdown, I thought it was quite a fun thing to see because I thought they were quite hard to use. So I was also quite impressed. I pointed and loudly said, look at that, 
as the Segway came towards us in front, quite, quite in front of quite a few other park visitors. Then suddenly, I realised as the Segway came closer, it was clearly an adult who needed to use the Segway to travel around. It looked like I was just pointing at a little person. I have Googled what the term is meant to be, and I'm worried if this is wrong, please correct. No, I think it's right. I think it's right. As like, I thought it was something amazing to see. I was so embarrassed. I felt sick. I I feel sick just hearing that. I know, I know. It's horrendous. (laughs) And it is quite fun seeing someone in a Segway. Like seeing you go, oh, look, look. Oh, it's awful. I think it's more fun seeing someone on a Segway than it is being on a Segway. Oh, being on a Segway is no fun at all. It's just really stressful. We we did it on an outside broadcast once and uh, I definitely feared for my own life and for yours. Yeah, me too. Yeah. Well, um, thank you for those. I enjoyed them all immensely. And if you have a story for us, please do keep that trickle coming. It's hello at adriftpodcast.com. Annabelle? Yes. I'm ready for a way in which you are not a fully functioning adult. The easing of the lockdown weeks slash months slash years. So one consequence of lockdown, if you live with others, you've been spending a lot more time with them. For some people, that's been lovely. For some, it's been horrific. For some, it's been fine, apart from some of the things that their partner does that never used to bother them, but three months on makes them silently scream. Of which I have six. <laughs> I've really been saving these up. I was just I was just having a drink of water and I nearly did a spit take at that. <laughs> Go on then. Okay, number one. Yeah, let's, so let me ask you, I'll start this with a question. Talk yeah. me through how you would fill up a dog's water bowl. Okay, I would lift the bowl up. Yep. To the sink. Yep. I would start the tap running yep. and then reduce it to a sort of level where it's not going to be too much splashback. And yep. then I would hold the, the, the bowl under the tap and at a certain point, you know, either pull it from under the stream or more likely turn the tap off. Yep. And then then, you place the bowl back down. Yes. Right. That's how I do it. Right. This is how Tom does it. He finds a receptacle in the kitchen. He fills it up and he takes it to the bowl and decants the water into the bowl. This is wrong, isn't it? Can you agree this is wrong? Yes. I mean, I can sort of see his logic now that you say it. It's one more item of washing up. Yes. But but there's less hazard potential. There's, you know, there's more to go wrong, I guess, with carrying a dog's bowl across the room. More spillage potential. As far as I'm concerned, he's wetting one extra item unnecessarily. And also (laughs) he really slops it into the bowl. So there's also always water spilt on the floor. Right, right. Okay, okay, okay. And, you know, is this a big thing? No. Should it bother me? No. Do I silently scream every time I see him walking with that receptacle? Yes. Number two. So he doesn't read newspaper articles anymore. He listens to them. Like He's got an app on his phone that reads them out loud. And it's an automated voice, so it's quite robotic. And there was a two-week period when he was listening to news articles so much and the voice was so constantly in the house that I was worried that when my son starts talking properly he was going to have a robot voice (laughs) this one shouldn't bother me but I just wanted to shout just read them it'll be quicker 
Yeah, it, it, that seems... Because it's not a pleasant listen. If you've ever accidentally like looked for something on YouTube and then been duped into watching a video which is just a still photo while one of those robot voices reads out some text from the internet, it's not a nice mm. thing to listen to. No, no. It's an automated voice. It doesn't sound good at all. It's like a Either robot. listen to the the radio or a podcast and get your news from that or yes, read yes. the news. Yes, yes. Or yeah. just read it. Yes. Okay, number three. Imagine that you and your wife are both in the bathroom together, okay? So Mm -hmm. Sarah is using the sink to wash her face while you brush your teeth. But when it comes to you needing to spit out the toothpaste, the sink is still being used. What Mm. do you do? Uh, I would say 10% of the time I'll spit in the toilet, 90% of the time I'll tap on her frantically and sort of (laughs) budge her out of the way so I can spit into the sink. Right, it's this spitting in the toilet that gets me. And it makes no sense how much it annoys me because far, far, far worse stuff goes in the toilet. Yeah. And I'm so lax with cleaning that toothpaste is practically the only cleaning product that ever goes in there. <laughs> and yet I can't stand it. I know like, what I, you mean, but, but it is it. better. It's it is disgusting. better. I, I wish I did that more of the time, but I always I forget it. and sort of budge her out of the way. I never saw myself as a two sinks and a bathroom kind of girl, but here I am, browsing Right Move Daily, coveting these more than a kitchen island. <laughs> okay, number four. I think you're going to be with me on this one. Yeah. When he bakes, he doesn't use a recipe. Oh. Drives me insane. Yeah, that's insane. Awful. Just use a recipe. Just use a recipe. Yeah. So my, my mother-in-law is a bit like this. She'll... <laughs> you'll cook something for her and she'll say, oh, that was really nice. And then she'll say, I'm going to try and make that. But she doesn't ask for the recipe. She just asks <laughs> what's in it. I, I, I follow recipes exactly. And if even I'm a quarter of a teaspoon out of something, I go into a blind panic that the whole thing is going to be ruined. And that's that's just with regular food. From my understanding, and I am not a baker, but my understanding is that um, cooking is an art and baking is a science. And You're everything exactly right. has to be the precise quantity for it to turn out right exactly that it has to be exactly that and when i'm baking he's there over my shoulder saying oh no that's a bit too much sugar sugar reduce that I'm thinking no i'm following a recipe it's a science <laughs> okay number five this is a new thing that he started doing in the living room our living room there are patio doors and windows across one wall so we've got long curtains for the wall talk me through how you'd open these curtains so, so describe them again. Just give me give me a clearer just, idea. They're just long curtains that, you know, two curtains that need to part in the middle and push towards the, the respective walls. So we talk about opening the curtains. Yeah. And, and there's no, there's, this isn't a trick question. There are no cords or anything that no, you, you no, can pull. No, 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 no. So I would take one of the curtains, I'd hold it mm. about two thirds the way up and then I would slide it along the rail okay. into, into the open position. And yeah. then I would do the same thing with the other curtain. Okay. Would you, once you've got the uh, curtain to the end, would you ever twist it and put it in a twist? What? I, I know. He puts, he gets them both and then he twists them in a twist. And then it really annoys me so much. And then I have to, when I close the curtains at night, I have to untwist them. <laughs> I don't need that extra step in my evening routine. I did confront him about this in the nicest way because deep down, I know that I'm being extremely unreasonable by getting annoyed by this. And he said, well, it's what they do in hotels. I've never seen this. 
Did no. he ever seem to win? No. I mean, it's a shame he doesn't adopt better hotel practices like leaving me a chocolate on my pillow or even just picking towels off the floor. Like these would be much more preferable. And I'm not being, um, you know, I'm, I'm not. Be, I'm trying not to be condescending here. But your lover Tom was con- is is considerably younger than than you are, right? Ten years. So so, so when we met him, uh, mm. the best the best part of ten years ago, you know, he he was quite a young man, and <laughs> I don't think he had he's stayed in the caliber of hotel that you or I might have in in our heyday. <laughs> I mean, what is this how they do it in some kind of motel next to a motorway man well i think yeah. he'd argue that through work he's probably stayed in nice places that uh, yeah, that would be the argument we, we've we've stayed in nicer places annabelle you you uh, and i i think i get what he means i think it keeps them in place but then they have these special stop like, siding with him i'm oh, trying sorry. to throw you a bone here <laughs> okay i'm gonna go on to number six this is the last one when i hang the wet washing up if his clothes are included, he insists that I do this very aggressive shake of the clothes before I hang them up. And he says it's to get the creases out, but it absolutely doesn't. And what annoys me the most is that when the clothes are dry, he puts them in a pile on the bed and then at bedtime, he just throws them on the floor. So even if it does get the creases out, which it doesn't, it would be irrelevant as they get creased again. <laughs> you can tell I'm really annoyed about this one. <laughs> You can tell that you've um, um, you've still lost lost me over the arguing over the curtains. <laughs> <laughs> On a side point, when is Dyson going to invent an air ironer, like use bursts of air to iron clothes? I might write to him. Haven't you just described a steamer? No, that's hot air, isn't it? Oh, I'm you talking didn't... about blasts of air. Blasts of cold air. Yeah, don't you think? Okay, I'm going to do, do a bit more work on it. Right, let me know how you get on with that. <laughs> anyway, I feel loads better now. I'm aware that I've made myself look like an awful human being, an intolerant and a nightmare to live with, all of which is true, but I've really got it all off my chest, so thanks very much. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Oh, if you want um, this sort of similar to something you just mentioned, if you want an example of a tiny thing that feels like a Herculean amount of effort, mm. taking a safety pin with a dry cleaning tag out of your clothes. Oh, God. Sarah took a load of my shirts to the dry cleaner, which we're so grateful for when the dry cleaners reopened. And then I've been putting on these shirts in recent days. And, I mean, it takes less than three seconds and yet i get so disproportionately (laughs) annoyed every time i have to do it (laughs) i don't know what that is uh what else can i tell you about here sarah says that my um my uh passing of flatus in public places is out of control 
Oh, really? Do you think that's because you've been in so many places outdoors recently, less indoors, you become quite free knowing that it's not such a big deal outdoors? Yeah, maybe. I mean, I think there's a real element of people in glass houses in this with her because like one one night, I'm sure I've told this story before, we got off the bus, this is before Jean was born, and it was probably close to midnight and we were walking down the street that goes from the bus stop to our house at the top of the street was a restaurant which was closing up and as we walked alongside it sarah burped at which point we heard a scream there was somebody who worked there who was putting the bins out and the noise that came out of her mouth sarah's mouth (laughs) is is so i mean you've heard it it doesn't sound human when she burps it's extraordinary yeah it really is i mean she could go on britain's got talent i mean Mm. she could go on america's got talent actually that's how good this is um so, so so anyway she's no stranger to emissions in public places but my feeling with uh passing flatus is however loud you think it is as you, you're coming out or if you're standing next to somebody actually that sound doesn't travel very far okay there's something about the frequency at which it emits which means it, it doesn't you know it, it's it's a close-up sound so if somebody's two meters away at the least which everybody is in these days with social distancing i think i'm fine Okay, okay. And and then the other thing, and I know I've mentioned this before, is I always think if somebody did hear you do it, it's it's something for them to to um you know talk about. What God, when they I get home? Be, yeah, I was like I walked past this guy in the street, just like this middle aged guy, and he just let out this huge fart. Like that's something for somebody, you know. I'm always looking for things to be able to say to my wife so I don't just sit there in <laughs> silence. Yeah, like nothing happens something. to me, especially these days. So. Someone might find it funny. You never yeah, know. Yeah, you'd either find it funny or disgusting enough to comment on. So, mm. so there's that. Uh, another thing that happened is we were <laughs> in the graveyard the other day, which is mm-hmm. where we are most of the time, and and quite a lot of parents of young children seem to be taking them to graveyard in, in lieu of a playground to go to. So Gene will often meet other kids he's never met before in there. Anyway, this um this this he and this kid were playing, so we asked the, the parent, what's his name? And she said Tarlo, or what sounded like Tarlo. And we said, What's that is that Arlo? She said, No, Tarlo with a T. Right? Okay. At which point, both Sarah and I felt the need to say, oh, what a great name. That's a great name, Tarlo, Tarlo. Not because I genuinely think it's a great name. I've got no opinion on it one way or the other. I think it's fine. But because I felt so bad for not recognising the name at first hearing and for her having to spell uh, it, I thought yeah, I would yeah. make the situation slightly less awkward. And I, that, that's something that's happened to me a few times when I mm. haven't caught someone's name or someone's kid's name the first time i will then make a big song and dance about what a great name it is because i feel yeah. awkward yeah yeah i've definitely um, done that yeah yeah what else can i tell you about um oh i don't even know if this is worth saying <laughs> but, uh, so i was going along the canal with gene the other day and he was on his little balance bike and coming the other way it got to a narrow part and there was they were digging up the towpath as well. So there was somebody who had to stop and move to one side to allow us to pass. And as we were passing, I noticed that it was a young woman who, when I say she looked like a model, I'm not just saying that as a 
you know, as a, a as shorthand. I mean, she genuinely looked like a model, had this sort of otherworldly quality to her. Like that was so extraordinary. And and bearing in mind she's probably you know half my age or younger. Um mm. and so I looked up, I see that this is who let us pass. I go to say thank you, and all that comes out of my mouth is hi. <laughs> Hi. <laughs> but, but then I just carried on walking. I meant to say thank you. But oh, I was no. so b- befuddled. Like, I didn't know what to say in the oh, presence of you. that kind of otherworldly beauty yeah, that yeah. the thank you just came out as, hi. <laughs> was there a like, slight was, wobble in your voice? Yeah, because I, and I didn't, you know, it wasn't like me. Hey, hi, I'm going to chat you up. Like, yeah. I, I, was, I was so embarrassed. I just quickened my oh. pace and carried on walking. Oh. But what must she have thought? Like this gross old guy just said hi oh, don't. <laughs> in a prepubescent voice to her. <laughs> uh, you watching anything, by the way? Oh yes, I will. What was that thing that I'm loving? I told you about it. I will. I will. I may destroy you. Oh yeah, I'm. I'm a couple of episodes into that oh, on your recommendation, and it's yes. really good. I think there it's is. Brilliant. There is a kind of young person hedonism to it that I find just a, little, <laughs> a little bit hard to watch, like a little yeah, bit grubby, yeah. but it's yeah. really brilliant what I've seen so far. On a similar note, if you like sort of young person grubby hedonism, do you know who I mean if I say Pete Davidson, not all creatures great and small, Pete Davidson? No. Mm. So he's an American comedian. I think he was an, engaged to Ariana Grande Latte. Um and then that broke up, and I, I don't know. Anyways, one of these there's a show Saturday Night Live that they have in the states where all these famous comedians, everybody will have heard of it, I'm sure. Um, <laughs> why did I try to explain what it was? <laughs> like I'm sure everyone knows, even though they don't show it here. I don't know. Have they everyone ever shown it here? It. Everyone does know, know it. Like no one here watches it. it, but everyone knows what it is. Yeah, yeah. Because people go on on chat shows and say, well, I started off on Saturday Night Live and we all yeah. think, I wonder what that's like. But we, we don't get to see it. We don't know what it's like. Apart from if you ever do, do see it, it's never quite as good as you think it's going to be. I've never seen it, so I don't Well, know. exactly. So you've heard it, you think, oh, this thing must be great. I can't wait yeah. to watch it. And then yeah. it's just always sketches that go on about nine times as long as they need to, even okay. though you know there's some brilliant ideas and things. They just drive them into the ground. Anyway, um, why am I... I, d- I don't know why I felt the need to explain what that was, but I think he, he came up through that show and he has a film that Judd Apatow has... Um, produced and and co-written with him which just came out on streaming this week called king of staten island oh yes i've seen that it's on sky movies or something yeah Yeah, i think it just got released digitally and um i was really keen to watch it and i liked rather than loved it um yeah he's he's really compelling there's a the sort of the 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 sub the the other main character is his mum played by Marissa Tomei, who I love ever since she was George Costanza's girlfriend in Seinfeld playing herself. Um, but she uh, and, and Bill Burr, the comedian, who turns out is a terrific actor. And I really enjoyed that story. But it, it, here's the thing. It's 137 minutes long. It's two hours and 17 minutes long, which is just too mm. long. Like Nothing needs to be that long. No, I, I pretty much base what film I'm going to watch now is, is it an hour and a half? If yeah. it is, I'll watch it. If it's if it's not, I won't. Yeah. Th- everything should be between an hour and a half and an hour and four. Not everything. I mean, you know, a TV show should be shorter than that. But films, and you, you, I, I want to see a very good reason in writing 
why your film <laughs> is longer than one hour and 45 minutes. You know, like the Bank of England has to write to the Treasury if, if the interest rate goes above us, infl- if inflation goes above a certain rate. <laughs> I think a filmmaker should have to write to us and explain why a film is more than one hour, 45 minutes. Yeah, and then we might accept it. Okay. Yeah, good, good. I'm glad we agreed on that. All right, Hamby, Hamby, Hamble. Let's do Quandary Corner at the Glap Clinic in Problematic and Suggestions from Snaresbrook. First one from Rachel is on the subject of Patreon. She writes, before I started listening to Adrift, I'd set up Patreon to two other of the podcasts I listen to and give $10 a month to each of those. However, Adrift is now firmly in my tier one of podcasts and I feel bad listening without having set up a Patreon payment. I know that a lot of people that make podcasts also normally have other income streams such as performing, but that in the lockdown situation, maybe those other income streams have dried up for them. So I don't want to stop giving to the other podcast because maybe my $10 is the thing that's keeping them afloat. Unlikely, but you never know. But I can't afford to just keep giving the same level of money to more and more podcasts. So my question is this. Is it better to give less money to more podcasts or should I rotate the amount of money I give? E.g. give $20 a month to one podcast for a couple of months, then moving on to another. I'm never sure how much of a difference a donation of $2 a month makes to someone. Or shall I come up with some sort of scoring mechanism as to who I think is the most deserving? <laughs> well, I mean, it all adds up. I'm, I'm really fighting the urge to say, oh, you should just give it all to us. <laughs> <laughs> well, because we can decree whatever rule we like, can't we? we can. you know, I mean, this is our own domain. <laughs> you know, n- never mind the fact that it's, you know, Annabelle's only real source of income at the moment. I mean, <laughs> never. <laughs> Don't never, say that. <laughs> never mind that. No one needs to know that, my my failings. It's not a failing. Loads of people are in the same boat. Loads of stuff has just stopped because of, you know, the vid. We're Um, all in it together, aren't we? Yeah, we are all in it together. Um, Yeah, my income is, my other sources of income have, have greatly reduced uh, from from what they normally are during, uh, during this sounds road, a little bit like there. I've made I've made up this problem just like <laughs> so we can beg. This is honestly, if anyone wants to see the original email, I can forward it to yeah, you. Yeah, yeah. Uh, um, let's address. You know, let's never address mind the, the fact that I fall through the cracks of the uh, the various oh, Jeff, government stop schemes. It. <laughs> stop are, uh, it now! Stop it now! That are available to other people. Um, listen, in in all seriousness, if you can carry on supporting us. On Patreon during this, we really appreciate it. If you can't, we understand. And I think it's probably best to spread the love around amongst different podcasts, right? Yeah, you definitely shouldn't rotate because that's an admin nightmare. Don't rotate. For you, I mean, not right. Yeah, make it it easy for yourself. Don't rotate. I think, yeah, I think you should spread it out amongst all your favourites. And I do think, like... You, you can say how much difference a donation of $2 is, but if everyone gives $2, it all adds up, doesn't it? It's, it's exactly that. And, and $1 is even fine, of course. In all seriousness, it is, uh, you know, it, it's the thing that allows us to devote the time to the podcast instead of, uh, you know, do it. it. It basically buys our time to do the podcast and we greatly appreciate it. And uh, it's a joy to do the podcast and we wouldn't be able to keep on doing it without it just from a time point of view so it's it's fantastic that you support us we really appreciate it and of course you get a title 
if you support us and, and bonus yes. materials once lockdown is over. Although maybe there's some form of lockdown bonus material we could do. Yeah. Or the easing of lockdown. You know, it's all easing now. Maybe when we're doing one of our uh, outdoor bubble socialising, Annabelle, we could, we could incorporate uh, some Patreon bonus content into it somehow. Maybe we could go Zorbing. Yes. That would be a good thing to see. <laughs> Although I'm not sure how cost-effective cost effective it would be. Ah, yes, There'd be an yes. outlay for the Zorbs, wouldn't there? Of course, of course. Yeah, but, you know. um, but if, if Rachel does want to come up with some sort of scoring mechanism, I'd be very interested to see it. <laughs> I wouldn't, in case it's dispiriting. <laughs> we'll ah, see how lowly okay. we score. Yeah, true, true. Okay, well, I think But anyway, you know, at the risk of um, being uncharacteristically sincere, we really appreciate you continuing to support us on Patreon because we yes, know massively. times are tough for people. And if you can't, because there have been a couple of people who've had to sort of reduce or stop their contributions. And oh, they, gosh. And they've sent us That's nice fine. emails, but please don't wrap yourself in, in knots about it. We We understand if you can't. No, you don't. You can still listen. It's fine. Yeah, no one's yeah. going to turn you away. Don't no, worry. No. Okay, because the technology from... doesn't exist to do that. No, no. I if mean, it if we did, could. We could yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, okay. Uh, Roz, on the subject of asking directions, mm. if you are asked directions, is it Roz with an S or a Z? S. Okay. You made a note of that. Yeah. Okay. If you are asked for directions and genuinely don't know, despite living or working in the area for several years, do you a admit you don't know? B, make it up on the principle that most people only follow the first direction and don't listen to subsequent directions. I mean, you say turn right, then it's on the second left and people just remember turn right. I have done both in my time and I still feel guilty for the wrong directions I've given out. And I feel terrible for being suspected of not wanting to help when admitting to not knowing. Is this an acceptable situation to pretend to be a foreign tourist and to not understand English? These are good questions. I mean... Mm. You know, I suppose then you'd get to do the accent. <laughs> you could choose choose yeah. where you wanted to be from. Yeah. If you've ever had a fantasy of being Danish or something, then now is your now is your opportunity to shine. But why uh, do you have to be foreign? Why can't you just say I'm not from? You could just lie and say I'm not from around here. Yeah, yeah. I think I think it was the sort of pretending not to speak English, maybe. Mm, mm, mm. But it is a bit embarrassing, like. I do, it is strangely embarrassing when someone asks you directions and you don't know. You feel yeah, because you, like, look, oh, like, an you look, yeah, look like an amateur. You look like an amateur. Mm. Like, a, a young boy asked me today, he was heading into the tube station, and he says, can you top up your card in here? And I panicked and I thought, but I don't know. I've never topped up a card in there. I don't, want, I don't want to give him wrong information. So I said, I don't know. And then I cursed myself all the way home because of course you can. It's a tube station. Like what? <laughs> and he must have thought I was a terrible amateur. Let me ask you a question then. So, so what are you, do, if you're not topping up a card, have you got like an annual pass or something? Yeah, I've got auto top up. Oh. Mm. Answer me this. How have you ended up in a situation where you've got auto top up? on your London Transport Oyster card, but you still have to go and get one of those keys from the newsagent to make the electricity <laughs> come on in your house. I know, it's a confusing old world. Are you still it? in? Are you still on that system? Yeah, I, try, I tried to change it and I couldn't change it for a very boring reason. I can't believe it. I mean, I, I, I don't believe it. I just think you haven't put the effort I'm in. I'm allowed to have a real one. And they, they, gave, they checked my credit. I'm, al- I'm allowed to have a proper meter. But because of a boring reason, they can't fix one in there. Is it to do with your neighbour? Yes. Okay, okay. That's, that's starting to make sense. Mm. I'll try and remember that for the next time I go to make fun <laughs> of you. <laughs> your top of electricity meter. Thanks, thanks. Uh, I mean, 
I just think in this day and age, you can always just get your phone out and um, help them. That's that's what I've done when I've not known somewhere. I said, I think I know where that is, but let me double check and then I'll get my phone out yes. and, and look it up. But what if they're a cunning phone thief trying to get you to get your phone out of your pocket and then they're going to yeah. snatch it out of your hand and run away? I don't mm. think like that because I have a lot of faith in my fellow like, human being. I know I don't think like that. Okay. I think what I think what you can't do is make it up. I think can we have a rule not to make it up? It's quite mean, isn't it? Yeah, 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 yeah. Definitely, yeah. No making up. And there are only you know if you do decide you want to go the foreign tourist route, there are so only certain countries where it's acceptable to do the accent of, and we can send you a list. Okay, great. Yeah. And that was our podcast. Thank you for listening. If you have a quandary for Quandary Corner, you can email us hello at adriftpodcast.com. It is the same email address if you'd like to send us, send us a story. Not sell us a story. We're not buying in this in this market. No. Uh, it's worse than the Great Depression. We can't we can't be with this ain't it's going to be. We can't be affording to buy people's stories of social ineptitude. Sorry. Also, no. can you imagine how awkward the negotiations would be? Oh, horrific. Given what type of people we are and what type of people... <laughs> You, you are. No, yeah, not happening. Yeah. Uh, but do send us your story. Hello at adriftpodcast.com. Thanks to Man and the Echo for the backing music and to Emily Harrison for the incidental music. Uh, Carla Gowlett took the lovely photos of uh, me and Annabelle. Kim Rainey designed the artwork. And this episode of Adrift was brought to you by the phrase, Tony, we had to incinerate your bedding. Podication time, and this week's podication comes from our old friend, Jack McMorrow. Yes. Jack McMorrow is somebody we met years and years and years ago. Uh, he came and did work experience at the radio station. I want to say, in what year do, what year do you want to guess at, Annabelle? Oh, 20, 2009? No, yeah, that's, that, that sounds, no sounds my... I can't remember if it was when we were doing the Jeff show or, or, or when it was... Uh, when when we were doing the hometime show, but any, anyway, I mean, for some reason, Jack McMorrow is just one of these people who's lived with me, and I bump into him from time to time. Not during lockdown, but um, Jack Jack works in cinema, and uh, I've I've seen him in uh, a cinema that I go to a few times, and he's just one of the good guys. Yes, strong. Just one of those people who who has lived with me for many years, Jack McMorrow. I mean, what a solid name as well. That is Jack McMorrow. Yeah. you can just tell. You meet somebody says, "Hi, I'm Jack McMorrow." You straight away you're thinking, "This is this is a dependable guy. This is one of the good guys." <laughs> yep, it's really, really like you know. I've not spent much time with Jack McMorrow in the grand scheme of things, but you know he occupies a very fond place in my heart. We have a little interaction on Twitter as well from time to time. Um, Jack says, uh, "Hello, Jeff and Annabelle." 
Hello. Uh, hello. I first want to thank you two personally, as during lockdown, podcasts have been one of my favourite bits of company. And so you two have played a starring role to me. That's a lovely thing to hear, mm, Jack. Yeah. Uh, Jack says, anyway, it looks like my planned holiday to Boston in August is now basically a pipe dream. I was going to see four WWE events, uh, and which I saved my meagre pay to get upper class flights for. Oh, no. Oh, Jack. That's gutting. Also, it's my 32nd birthday on the 17th. I'm going to be locked into my house as a drifter. That's closer to a dream than anything, but thinking (laughs) it'll be the same for so, so many. Uh, So I can, can I get a podication for all those concerned, especially those missing out on birthdays and other important occasions due to this horrific pandemic? Oh, Jack. I mean that is that is rough. I don't know what the travel situation will be in August, but you know, probably you know, probably erring on the side of caution is the thing. Are you entitled to get the money back for those flights then? Because mm, I think you might have a bit of a wait. I think you get it back eventually. Yeah. So hmm. yeah, if the Foreign Office advice is only essential travel, mm. I'm guessing that you'll be able to to get it back and especially if those flights are cancelled because like airlines have cancelled you know especially these transatlantic ones uh long-haul ones they've cancelled like 90 percent of the flights so maybe you'll you'll get lucky with that i really hope you get it back i mean on the bright side i'm gonna, gonna talk about something now that's difficult difficult to talk about okay so i'm guessing from the way jack is is phrasing this this was going to be a real treat to himself and he's never flown mm. in the in the front end of a plane before on a long haul flight okay does that seem to be the the situation to you i get that impression right all i'm saying is in some ways you're better off never having done it ah uh, okay because yes, because if you do it once then you know what it's like and how amazing it is. And every time you don't get to do it, you, you know it's a misery. what you're missing out it's on. It's a misery. Short haul flights, not at all. You're basically getting a slightly nicer meal. Uh, there's less of a queue for the toilets and you've got a little curtain separating you and everybody else. But, I mean, it, it is like you're in a luxury spa in the sky, isn't it? <sighs> it's... you're comfortable, you're lying down. I mean, I have read articles about how during um, the pandemic they've they've really stripped back on the service and basically you're just paying for the space and the flatbed. But in some ways, if you've never been on one of those flatbeds, it's just best knowing that they don't, you're not not knowing what that experience is like. Mm -hmm. I'm trying to find a... Do you think you've made him feel better? I don't know. I mean, (laughs) like my, my sincere hope for Jack is that he gets to go to Boston in August and everything goes as planned. If it yes. doesn't, I hope he gets to go to Boston in August, even though the WWE isn't running. If it, if that is cancelled, then he gets to do some other fun things. He's there. I'm sure you could help him out with some recommendations. You've been to Boston. You really like it, don't you? Boston's amazing. Yeah, mm. I loved it. I've only ever been to the airport, but uh, for our honeymoon, we went to Martha's Vineyard, which isn't far from Boston, and that is glorious and so so the coast around there i think you could do some great things it's by all accounts annabelle's and other people's a wonderful city so you could still have a great time even yeah. if there's no wwe there you go failing that uh and the the whole thing is cancelled i hope you get your money back and you get to do that or another trip at some stage 
in the very near future. How, do, how does that all sound? I feel better already myself, okay. you know, it's not even me. So. Poor old Jack. I mean, I know, I know we're all in the same boat, but I mean, that, that sounded like a real mm. treat. Mm. Oh, and Jack also adds, oh, and my dad's birthday is on the 18th, day after mine. Podicate to him too, please, as he does, he does nothing but think uh, of how better than perfect I am. Oh, that's Aww. lovely. I mean, that that is, uh, that is a dad, isn't it? That's lovely. That's what I'm like. I mean, no, no, not all dads. I like that. <laughs> not sure. Not sure that my dad's going around thinking about how perfect I am. Oh no! <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think he loves me in his way. But yeah, yeah, he'll be thinking about it in his own way. In his own way. Yeah. I told you um, the last time my dad told me that he loved me. Go on. Do you remember in uh, 2005 I was hospitalised with a suspected brain hemorrhage and people, there, was, there was some talk that I might die? Right. Then? <laughs> yeah. I think, yeah. I mean, I don't think there's... I mean, maybe there was another time, but, um, you know, not, not when I had language myself. <laughs> not when I was old enough to understand language. Right, right. Yeah. Well, that's all you need to do. You come close to death and then you get you know, yeah. the full force of his emotions. Exactly, yeah, yeah. Um, Jack says, yours while looking at my shoes, Jack McMorrow, uh, aspiring, uh, Taoiseach. Is that how you pronounce Taoiseach? I'm never quite sure. I don't, I don't, I do not know what word you're saying. I'm sorry. Like the prime minister of, um, Ireland. Oh, I didn't have to say it. Sorry. No, he says aspiring Taoiseach. I I think that's how you pronounce it. Do correct me if you are Irish. Uh, or you just know otherwise, please. Um, always good to pick somebody up on the pronunciation, but be kind when you're doing it because it shows mm. that a person has only ever read a word rather than said it out loud. Mm. Um, it says, P.S. A podcast released on my birthday counts as a present. So another thank you. You are welcome. Jack Pleasure. McMorrow, one of the good guys. I hope I see you uh, in the cinema soon when they think as soon as things are back to normal i want to see you in that cinema or a, a different better cinema of your choosing jack I, like wherever feels good to you I, w- I want to be clear here um or anywhere maybe maybe the street i don't know i'm getting bogged down in <laughs> places maybe yeah. boston maybe i'd like to bump into you in yeah boston, boston I would. At logan airport yeah. um, in better times you know where i'd really love to see jack where in the upper class cabin of a plane. Oh. It suggests things were going well better. for both of us. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, all right. Uh, that is the latest edition of the podcast uh, podicated to our pal Jack McMorrow. If you would like a podication, you can email us hello at adriftpodcast.com. Okay, pressing stop. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. 
Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with and Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that and Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at bowlandbranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.